Just wait a minute. We got a job for you. I don't want no job. Why not? It's too much, too much like work, man. Listen, this is strictly nowhere. You got a lot of sick, old-fashioned ideas about working hard and living clean, and it's all a lot of junk. I'm too tired to listen. I mean, work is for suckers. You know, I like my job, Skipper. I wouldn't want to lose it. relations expert Jeff Mashey, who also happens to be a longtime friend of mine. We've known each other since the age of uh, 12, and he is someone who's experienced in people transitioning in their careers. And what other euphemisms do you find people use <laughs> over the years? Well, what's, the, for, what's the classic? For, between jobs, right? I'm between jobs. I've been let go. I've been let go. Uh, I've, been I've left lost f- my job. I like that one. I've, I've been lost left f- my job. <laughs> What well, means it's like you can find it. It just seems weird. Oh, I misplaced my job. Like it might be in the last place you look. Know, it's <laughs> in the last you place you look. Yeah. Um, do, do you ever, you know, because you, I, I'm not going to say who you work for, but you work for a big organization right. Right. Uh, that is, would it be fair to say, the, in the academic realm? Yeah, no, it's uh, public sector higher ed. I'll say that. And public between, sector higher ed. I like that. Okay, so... And you have had to, uh, quote unquote, let people go. Does the word fired ever get kicked around? Does no, the word. Nobody the, says the, fired. There are two, two, two words, and there are two ways people normally get let go. Uh, one is, I'm going to terminate you, which means I am going to, I'm going to fire you and terminate your employment. Um, and it means that you have a job. I don't like the way you're doing your job, or you're not doing your job satisfactorily, or you're doing your job poorly. So I'm going to terminate you from this position and I'm going to replace you with somebody else. That is a, that's the typical termination. We very rarely use the word fire. Another word people confuse, what people confuse with it is the layoff situation. You know, uh, people say, well, I've been fired. Well, actually, you may not have been fired. You may have been laid off. And they may have said, oh, you're doing a great job in this job. We just don't need that job anymore. So that job is going away. We're not going to replace you. There's just no job for you to have. So the bottom line is you still don't have a job, but you haven't been terminated. You've been laid off. Ideally, the termination has to do with the job performance. Laid off should have nothing to do with your job performance. It has to do with economics. Or oh, wait. So reorder. could I legitimately say to people that I wasn't fired or let go, that I was well, laid you're off? Well, diff- you're in an interesting situation. Because, because what I was told was we, we need your time slot for something else that we'd like to do in that time slot, and we don't have any place else to put you. I, in, in the entertainment field, which I'll assume you were in, right? So if a show gets canceled, which is what, let's assume that's what your show was, yes, it may fall into that gray area. It may not be a terminated. We're simply saying we're canceling your show, so there's no show to be on, so you have been laid off. Now, I guess you can also spin that by saying we're canceling your show because it's not doing what we like, so we're firing the show, in which case you're being fired as well. In my opinion, in my professional opinion, you've been laid off, not fired. Yeah, but I shouldn't say that to unemployment. I don't think it makes a difference on unemployment because they'll have to grasp what you did. I, I, I think you can tell that unemployment you've been laid off. Have you been given a letter? Did, were you given written notification of your situation? No. Ver- well, we were given. Uh, you, know, you should probably ask for some kind of. I mean, it's, it, w- it would not be unreasonable to go to HR or whoever you speak to there and say, listen, I'd like something in writing just to memorialize the uh, separation they gave of employment. Give me a VOE letter. Yeah, I mean enough. What is that? What is verification of employment? That's probably enough. What it does that says say? What my salary was uh, when I left, and that's about it. Does it, it doesn't give a confirms reason. Confirms that I worked there. It doesn't say anything about why I was. I no longer work there. That's probably a, that's probably sufficient use for unemployment. Uh, uh, it's interesting that would give that. Um, I mean, unemployment's funny. I mean, it's getting. And I can't speak for New York. I can speak for New Jersey, which actually provides decent unemployment, but they. 
I think the benefits, I think, the benefits in New Jersey are better than the benefits in New York, but it's harder to get unemployment in New Jersey. They vet it very carefully. Um, so in your case, you work in New York and you live in New Jersey. I'm not sure which one would apply. Oh, yeah. I hadn't even thought of that. Where the uh, hell would I seek I, unemployment? I, I forget how that works. I should I'm know a resident of New Jersey, shouldn't I? Uh, but your employer was New York. I'm, yeah, I but just, in the past when my employer has been New York-based, I think... I've but still gone to New Jersey for the unemployment. I would certainly pursue New Jersey first because I think they have better benefits. Okay. They may give you more pushback, but that's easy. Just get a, I mean, I'm sure they've had to deal with this at your employer, um, and they just give you a letter regarding the separation. They give you a VOE, but I, I don't think that's the, I, my opinion. It's not the same thing. Where well, I am, it's pretty clear what happened to the employee. The right. letter will say your position is being eliminated or you are being terminated from your position. Let, let me ask you this question. I'm talking with Jeff Manchie, who is a, a labor relations expert, works for a, a big uh, organization uh, organization <laughs> in the academic realm, yep, yep, yep. and has, uh, as part of his job, has the unfortunate uh, duty of letting people go. Advising people how to let people go. Advising people. Do you, you never actually call anyone in and go, by the way... Pack up your stuff and get out. I, I actually have done that, but in a very, very, very limited situation of people who only may report to me or, or in, in my chain of command. What normally happens in my position is I get calls from supervisors, managers, directors who say, uh, I need assistance in letting somebody go. I need assistance in determining somebody. I'm going to eliminate a position. How do I do that? So, yes, you could argue that well, you could state that I advise people on how to let people go, but I'm what, very what rarely in the What do they say the are the reasons? Do they say, look, I got this dead weight on my hands. Yeah, I got this person who's underperforming. Yeah, I got that. this person who uh, is insubordinate. Yep. I got this person who is incompetent. Yep. yep. I got this person like with a drug or alcohol problem, or would they address that problem? Would they try to address it? No, I mean, I, I, yes to all your accounts. I mean, yeah. there are various laws that apply. A drug, or, a drug or alcohol problem could fall under the ADA, American with Disabilities Act. Uh, we try to follow a system called, if it's a work performance issue, we try to follow what's called progressive disciplinary action. So the work is poor, here's your discipline, try to get, get better. If the work continues to be poor, it may result in a suspension. If the work ultimately continues to be poor, then it could result in a termination. A layoff is much, much easier. Look, we're having a reorganization. The position is being eliminated. The position you're in is being eliminated. And you know, we're going to lay you off with nothing against you. We just don't have a job. So and in, our, in our particular situation, the employee is given um, usually a notice period. Some, many employers give uh, a severance package. Very similar. That's why I'm thinking with your severance package, or if somebody gets a severance package, uh, that really involves a layoff, which means a position is eliminated. A termination, unless it's negotiated, does not normally involve a severance package. A termination is you're fired, gather well, your things, go home. I, I, I do think you're right. I should probably get that clarified. But what I would like to know is when you have had to sit across a desk from somebody and let them go. Right. How do you do it? How do you approach it? Do you have any anxiety about it? Does it ever make you nervous? Does it make you upset the night before? Do you have difficulty sleeping? But what we recommend is we... Uh, you know, do you the, drink a bottle of gin? The supervisor should always ask the employee. One way of doing this is, you know, tell these employees, do you like your job? And if they say yes, do you say that's too bad? And if they say no, that's excellent. No, uh, I'm, I'm really in the room. I tell... I try to create... Tell supervisors to create... To be transparent... It's a tough situation. You got to look the employee in the eye, and you got to explain the reasons for the action. That's it's. Is it hard? Of course, it's hard. <laughs> and it's, I mean, you're, you're telling somebody they don't have a job anymore. 
Yes, it's difficult. And yes. what is the, is it hard too because you don't know how that person's going to react? Let's say you have somebody who has no inkling what's about to happen. Right. I, I, I would argue that most people probably know. I mean, when you're I called in that, I would, I would agree by your you. supervisor, and by the way, you. if you are called in by someone at a supervisory level, management level, yep. is there somebody else in the room as well? Is there Depends somebody on the, from? It's on the comfort level. It's always, if you're a manager, supervisor, it's always good to have somebody else in the room with you. If you're in a unionized environment, um, frankly, in a unionized environment, uh, they don't even need a union rep there because there's a grievance procedure. The union rep is only... Uh, there to if, if the employee during the investigatory period. So right. if something bad happened and you were doing it, the department's doing an investigation the in a unionized environment, they're entitled to a rep. But if the decision has been made and I'm going to fire you, there's no more questions. Uh, some contracts may call for a union rep to be there, but normally that's not the case. You'd say you're terminated, and if the employee wants to file a grievance, they can file a grievance. But normally the employee's there by his or herself. We do recommend for the supervisor to have somebody with him or her. What about, I, I mean, what if someone has a knife on them? I'm always like, okay, what, no, what if you, I, no, what if you fire somebody and they turn I, violent? At my particular employer, we have the luxury of having our own police force, and that happens. We, there is concern, and they can certainly call, in our situation, uh, a plainclothes officer up um, to just be in the area. Now, in a private employer situation, look, I, they could, I don't know how they could take whatever precaution they would like. And then what happens next? Is the person escorted off of the grounds, normally the campus, employee, or Normally quickly? employee is that, yeah, well, they try to. I mean, yeah. the, the, look, it all depends on the relationship. Or, I mean, or obviously the length they have of to, service, would that also have uh, some impact? Uh, length no? of service. Probably not. If, if it's a grievance file, if it's a unionized environment, they can make that argument, you know, that, hey, you know, no prior discipline, so on. If there's a just cause provision in the contract. But normally, look, you, you want you, we're human beings here. We're, you know, we, we're... Some of us. Some of us. I mean, the employee should be given an opportunity to clean out his or her desk, you know, under supervision to make sure nothing's taken that's inappropriate. You know, it should be civil. Um, normally, well, I, should, well, normal, I will say normally, the employee does not want to burn a bridge because who knows. In some situations, the employee has no issue burning the bridge, and that happens as well. Yeah, I tried not to burn bridges. I tried to, uh, you know, be professional about it, even though inside it was uh, it, it, it wasn't easy you know it wasn't easy to take this this is the job i had for over a dozen years it's a long and time it's a long tenure so what is your advice to me for dealing with it all now because when i go online and i start reading things whether it's on linkedin or some of these other places about how long people have been out of work and how long they've been looking for a quote unquote good job and how they're working three part-time jobs they're members of the gig economy now and they're my age and older it it does fill me with a, a sort of dread uh well yeah reassess the skills you bring to the table look it's it's I, what comes to mind and it's not necessarily inaccurate is the uh, is the movie up in the air with that george Clooney movie when he was that was his job his job was to restructure departments you know, companies and literally lay people off. Yeah. It may sound like they were being terminated, but really they were being laid off. That's what they were streamlining the organization. And they had a severance package involved and the whole thing. Anyway, he always said, look at this as an opportunity. Those are nice words, but it is what it is. Uh, first, you want to look for jobs, maybe, in my opinion, what skills do you have in the field that you've been in? What is it like? I mean, everything is different. I mean, if you're a craftsman and you're laid off from a job that happened to involve a craft, fine. Maybe I can go apply this craft elsewhere. If you're a white-collar worker, depending on what you do, 
you know, you look for jobs in that field. Some people have switched gears entirely, depending on the. What service. if your job is being snarky on the radio? Then what do you do? Well, I. <laughs> I hear, I hear we're in a golden age of radio right now. Really? That's what I hear. What People blind told me. piece of shit told you that? <laughs> I hear that there are things, uh, a, a casting of some type Lies. of pod I've heard. No, that's... Lies. It's, it's a world that I'm not familiar with. But you do bring... Because I've known you a long time. You bring, yeah. you bring skills to the table in this area. I mean, you, that's just when you call in contacts. What do you have? What do you have? Now, look, if you have a deep... Really yeah, good what stuff, do you have? What Are there... And no, I mean, you call whatever. Wait, I'm, I'm, I'm sitting in front of you. you what, what do you have where you are? You, I'm going to use an archaic phrase. Or my employer, I probably couldn't help you. Maybe I could help you. I don't know. Um, look, you go through the Rolodex. Is that an old word? That's an old word. Isn't yeah. It? You go through the whatever, no Rolodex. You go it. through whatever you go through. Yeah. You know, in, in whatever contacts you had, and go through that way. What am I, uh, Phyllis Diller? Maybe. Let me, let me get my Rolodex out. Hang on a second. Uh, you know, I've been doing that. I have been working contacts, and and uh, I, I'll continue to do that. Definitely but, overnight, I guess. Right? You, no, I, I look, I, and I, I do think that there is a case of like you can hang on to something for too long, and I and I feel. To some degree, that's that's what I did. I, I hung on to this thing because it was a good income. And then you start questioning yourself. You start asking yourself, am I doing this just for the money? And is that important enough? And you start having these existential. But you you and I came from the same place. I and mean, we came from a very you know blue-collar, working-class kind of place where you always had a job. You always paid your bills. You always supported yourself. And you didn't just walk away from a right. decent-paying job, you know? So, I mean, maybe I did that when I was younger and jobs were plentiful and I didn't give a shit. I would leave a job if it annoyed me. But I hung in with this job for many, many years. And I would get up sometimes in the morning and plant my feet on the floor and go, how much longer is this going to last? How much longer do I have to do this? And today was a lovely day, beautiful weather, sun shining. I left my house at noon. I drove down. Uh, to Edison, New Jersey. I hung out. I drove around. I went down by the shore for a little bit. I had, you know, and I was like, "Well, this is okay." I mean, I, I was feeling bad about how much I was enjoying it. I yes, was and I was like, in a stuffy office all day working my job, so I understand the crisis you're going through. I really do. Yes. I've been at my job you know, a long time as well, and I make whatever justification I can for it. I have a, I, you know, well, I think I have a pretty vibrant personal life, and I have very active hobbies and interests, and that helps. And no STDs. No, that's what I'm knocking right, on for. Right. Uh, no, I, so I, but yes, I have the same crises you do. I, mean, I have literally devoted myself at this point, much a good portion of my life, to the work that I do, and I do believe in the work that I do. But it's, it's yes, I, we, everyone's entitled to a midlife or existential crisis. So it was a beautiful day. I'm glad you had a good day. I'm going to you know? quote one of your favorite uh, John Voigt lines to you because I remember years ago you saying to me like <laughs> in Runaway Train, a man gets a job and he becomes that job and. Something like that. I'm paraphrasing, but it was something like that. You could do that. If you could do that, then you become president of the United States. You become president if you do that. The last good thing John Voigt did, I'm sure. uh, He's to the right of what now? He's to to the right of Attila the Hunt at this point. He's a slightly conservative man now, isn't he? Yeah. But so, why did you choose to go into what you're? I don't know if I ever asked you that. Why did you choose to no. do what you're doing? I, 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 I kind of for a living in. and get a degree in it and do all of that crap. Well, look, I mean, I was the, the college wasn't even my first choice. I won't go into that, but somebody recommended a school to me, and um, I've actually gotten the biggest bang for my buck out of the degree. I have a degree in labor relations from uh, Cornell and from a very good school. Someone recommended it to me. It wasn't even my first choice, and then when they accepted me, I said, "What do you not go to a?" 
Ivy League school, so I went, and it's actually gotten me every single job I've ever had, and I have no... I, I have no advanced degree. I'm not an attorney. Most people in my field go and become attorneys. I am thankful I am not an attorney. Uh, You're actually a lawbreaker. I'm, I, I beg so your pardon. that. In some ways, that's another aspect of my life. There's no need to discuss that. Right. Um, there, um, but it, you know, it has gotten me. So you know, it's 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 a field that I do believe in. I think it sometimes can be frustrating work. It sometimes can be ugly work. But I think it's necessary work because it it's it's about the workplace. It's about people. It's, it's about people who work and how do we handle it and who listens to concerns people have on the job. Well, that's why I want to do this this podcast because I got fascinated by the idea of like we don't really talk about the work that we do and the jobs that we've had. And I saw a lot of podcasts out there, but they were all about upbeat career counseling and none of them were really about some of the horrible shit that happens on the job, the horrible bosses you've had. Uh, yeah, I know that was a movie. Uh, but, a movie you know, I couldn't watch, by the way. Yeah, it was a because pretty... I mean, I mean, I, real quickly, I tried to watch that with the woman I was seeing, and she was laughing. Oh, look at that! I said, "You don't understand. This is this is awful. Yeah. Uh, uh, there's, there's nothing funny about a horrible boss. There just isn't. No. I mean, they can break laws. There are regulations out there. These are people you have to get up in the morning and go to, and many people have no choice to. You you want your boss to be at least you know compassionate, someone understanding. Reasonable is a word we throw around. Uh, you, 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 this is, I mean, a boss you might have to work shoulder to shoulder with, but it's somebody, let's face it, you take orders from, and nobody wants to take orders from a jerk. No. Uh, but also, you know, I, I, you're absolutely right. But I, I was thinking about that recent Supreme Court ruling, too, the, the, the one about uh, worker protections. Oh, no, the arbitration seems, ruling. Yeah. I, no, I haven't even read the decision yet. I'm always suspicious of 5-4 rulings either way, and that was clearly a conservative one. I, I have to. I, I haven't read it yet. I'm. I, I, I'm adjusting. I, I personally would find it too upsetting if I read it. I shouldn't say it. I'm going to read it. It but. seems like a step backwards. I mean, I, it seems like we've been making a lot of steps backward, and we don't really protect uh, workers anymore in this country. And and any gains that are are gotten. Well, I. I it's not all bad news. I'm. I'm very uh, encouraged by what teachers have done in a bunch of states. Who have walked off the job outside and, of the labor movement? By the way, yeah, it's all been done outside the labor movement. They've been acting on their own, which is pretty interesting. But uh, I, I, we keep hearing about how low unemployment is now; it's below four percent. And then there's these story, reports that come out from like the United Way that say this is a very deceptive picture. There are a lot of people living just above the poverty line. They're like one paycheck away from total financial ruin. There's a lot of job exploitation going on out there. I'm not sure what point I'm trying to, to make here, uh, Jeff. We're talking well, with the Jeff point we, you were talking about, like, what do people do when they lose their job? Yes, we can get back to that. Sure, what, what do people do to not feel like it was all their fault, to not feel like, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm a screw-up, I'm a mess-up, I lost my job. I, I think especially, uh, I was going to say for men, but I don't know if that's true any longer. Well, let me men say, seem to have a lot of their ego wrapped up in what they do for a living, the, but that's a generality that probably no. The media no loves works. to talk about when someone loses their job, the upward spiral. I saw it as an opportunity. I saw my severance as an opportunity. I wrote this novel. I opened this store. I started this business. They love to write about that. They I love planned that. this heist. I, had, well, you, no? I, I planned this successful heist. Successful I, heist. I, I admit to that. So, but you don't hear about that often. You hear about occasionally if it's part of some biography of something or some story of someone who has the downward spiral. So-and-so's life is going great until they lost their job. Then so-and-so 
fell into alcohol, drugs, homelessness, uh, crime, whatever it might be. You don't see that. You you see a lot of, I think, the upward mobility stories people love to publish. Yeah. You know, and sometimes it falls somewhere in the middle. Yeah, I was making X dollars and now I'm making half the X dollars in a job I don't really like. Uh, you know, I'm getting by. But that's not an interesting story. The stories that are interesting are the ones that are really, as I said, an upward spiral or a really downward spiral if it goes really, if it becomes something really interesting. Yeah. Um, so I, people view it every other way. I don't know what I would do. I honestly, it would depend on the severance package. I would probably be terrified at first because, you, you know, you have some some time and, you know, you know, who knows? Everyone's situation I, is different. I have a cushion. I mean, I'm not like financially... Uh, in danger of slipping through the cracks anytime soon. I know people who don't have the advantages that I do in terms of the money I was able to sock away in a 401k and the investment we made in our house. So, you know, I keep thinking of those two things and I keep thinking I'm not on the balls of my ass, as my mother used to say. But there are many and, people that, yeah. Yeah, but, and, but there are people who are. There are people who, you know, they lose their job and that really is the end of their world. They have to... I don't know what they do. Go move back in with their parents. My parents are both dead. I'm not moving back in with anybody. And there's no, you have no house to move out. What? Where? Where would you? I suppose I could show <laughs> up in Lindenhurst and see what happens. Who knows? What was that hotel? I bet the guy never changed the locks. What was that hotel across from Sixth Street? What was that really rundown hotel? Was oh, that, there was the uh, yeah. Was didn't one of our classmates own that? Her mother owned that place. I remember. Yeah, it was a shitty little low rise <laughs> motel. With probably ten, it was like the Bates Motel. It really, I remember it being terrifying. Montauk Highway, yeah. Child. Yes, right on Montauk Highway. Yes, like unsafe location. And it had some nautical name to it. It was like the ship something, the ship bottom, or the I don't know what the hell <laughs> it was called. But yeah, I, I remember thinking like somebody I know, their parents actually run that as a business. What a weird thing to run a motel. But hey, um, no, I, I I think that I'll be okay, and I do I do want to look at it as an opportunity to pivot. And do something else, and do something that I might actually feel good about, you know. And uh, if it's not as much money, that that so be it. It's not as much money, but I I hope that I feel the same way in in six months, in a year, and eighteen months from now. We'll we'll have to sit down. You know, it's funny. It's double, again getting, and discuss it. Getting getting laid off at a later age after you've worked for a while is really a double edged sword. A couple of ways. One. Let's assume you do have some kind of severance and money is an issue, but not really. It's kind of a – say you have a cushion, right? Okay, fine. Uh, also, you're a little older. There's less time to worry about because uh, you're going to die at some point as opposed to getting laid off at 35 where you have more time to worry about. Right. Now, of course, you That's more, reassuring. You more time. I'm giving a positive spin here. I actually think that way. I'm like, okay, I'm not a certain age. I'm not a younger age anymore. I'm a you mean older. I can crawl to the grave? Well – Think about it this way. I only have to worry about 20 years. I don't have to worry about 40 years. I'm looking to make it to 62. I mean, if I made it to 62 and I could retire, I don't get. I don't care if Social Security says, by the way, if you wait another five years, you'll make X amount more. <laughs> and if you wait another 10 years, we'll really pay you. What was that comment like, from a friend of yours? I said, well, do you have a retirement plan? He said, no, no, no. If I live past 55, I'm screwed. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I'm planning to. Uh, yeah, so I, uh, let's sum this up. Somehow. Sum this let's, up. Wrap this up in a nice little bow here. Talking to Jeff Mashey, who is a uh, a uh, labor relations. At this expert. point, I will refer to myself uh, as a labor relations expert, not an attorney, but a labor relations expert. Uh, let's wrap it up with some concrete advice for what you do if and when you lose your job. Okay, so, what, all right. What do you what give us like? A First of all, thing is, don't lose your head, right? Make an assessment of your finances. 
Uh, if you're living a little higher than you should, stop that. Um, then you would take an assessment of your skills, decide what direction you want to go in, but really become, well, first of all, become better at managing whatever money you have. Keep an eye on that, and then decide what work you want to look for or what you want to Look, some people may say, you know what, again, I'm of a, I'm of a certain age. I've never traveled the world. Let's say I'm, you know, let's say I'm mid-50s laid off. I've never traveled the world. I don't care. This is, it's now or never. I have no job to worry about. And then I'll deal with it when I come back. Or you may say, what are you, out of your mind? I'm 55 years old. I need to go get a job. That's fine, too. Then you, you decide what you want to do. I want to write that novel. Fine. Now is the time if you're going to do that. Because writing a novel is not expensive. Yes. <laughs> There's no real cost involved in that hobby. Uh, so decide what you want to do. Decide what you want to do. You may go say, fine, I'm going to go wash dishes while I write the job. I'm sorry, while I write the novel, you know? And uh, And I would add to that, you know, because I've been reading a lot lately about self-blame and trying to be easier on yourself and trying to be kinder to yourself. I think it's, for me especially, that's not part of my DNA. I usually point the finger at myself first, and I wonder what I did to bring about what happened. And it's really counterproductive, you know? It's actually not terribly helpful to engage in that kind of self-blame and that kind of uh, beating yourself up. So, you know, i got to take the Stuart Smalley approach <laughs> on this one. Uh, but, yeah, you were, I think you were about to say something. No, 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 no. I mean, it's, you're, 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 that's a psychological end. So, yeah, I, I left that out. Uh, you, you've got to really keep your head together. I mean, hopefully, don't, you're right. Don't blame yourself. This is going to – talking about Stuart Smalley. Yes, stay very positive. Avoid the negative thoughts. Just reass- keep keep an eye on the finances. Keep an eye on keeping your head on straight and decide really what you want to do and then pursue that. Now, some of it can be really low, like a low bar. Like, yes, what I really do is I just need another job. I want to Fine. run carnival rides. You, that's, you know, that's, that's something really appealing, a summer night outdoors. Well, what was that? What was that great? Uh, the Simpsons episode. Where Homer got his. Well, this is actually a great analogy. So Homer leaves the, the secure job at the power plant, and he gets his dream job at the bowling alley, which, right? Which pays nothing, and he was happier than ever. And the only reason he went back to the power plant was he had a family. It was like it may have been their most anti-family episode. That's another story. Uh, but yeah, he, he was he was so happy in his lower-paying job, and I think someday I'll fall into that. I think that. You know, if I ever leave my job or lose my job, I'm sure that I'm going to be more downwardly mobile and just do something that I really – I, I romanticize being more fun at a lot less money um, and then hopefully be happier. But, again, I romanticize everything. So look for Jeff at the Home Depot near you. <laughs> well, I don't know if I'd be there. Soon. But, yeah. Look for Jeff as the, you know, the barker at the strip club maybe. That would be the more appropriate – All right, thanks for talking to Jeff Manchie on Job Story. Thanks for listening to Job Story. If you would like to send me your job story, drop me a line at job underscore story at iCloud.com. Job underscore story at iCloud.com. I'll see you next week. Say hello, Raj. Right, say hello.
Nobody has a right to booze unless he earns the money. I don't want to be a law. You don't work, you don't drink. Suppose you tune in next week to see if I'm still on the job.